Hello and welcome to episode three of Breaking Borders. In this week's episode, we chat with Kieran O'Mara, an online personal trainer based in the Northwest. We hope you enjoy listening to us talk about how he became a PT during a global pandemic. We talk about motivation, hedonism, social media, and much more. This week's episode is brought to you by Samba Media. They offer creative solutions for brands of all sizes. Whether you need help with social media, creating eye-catching promotional videos, or a full-on rebrand, they've got you covered. Please welcome Kieran O'Mara. This is Breaking Borders. First of all, mate, thanks for coming on. This is um, just to let you know you, you are our first guest on the podcast, mate. So nice. cheers for coming on. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so just to start, mate, give us, Aaron, and uh, everyone listening, just a quick introduction of yourself. So, like, how did you become a PT and then your sort of sporting background, mate? So, it's a bit of a weird one with me. Um, so, from school, got an apprenticeship as a missile engineer, part of the uh, a company called MBDA. Um, so I did my apprenticeship for, that was a four-year apprenticeship, quite with time, did a year and I couldn't stand the place, I absolutely hated it all the way through. But when I was, what, 15, 16, signed a scholarship at St. Helens Rugby, so I was there for about another three, four years, so at the same time I was playing rugby and working, but I fell out of love with rugby big time, I just hit a brick wall with it and I basically ended up quitting. And then off the back of that, I didn't train, didn't do anything for about two years, and then uh, all of a sudden, I looked at Miro one day. I was like, "Fucking hell, he's fat!" And then uh, <laughs> got back into it and uh, just started, just pretty much from there, just spiraled out of control. Yeah. Did qualification, started online coaching on the side uh, while I was at the missile factory. And then when was it? January? Not January. Gone January before. I have I've got arthritis, so I had me my thumb and my finger pinned. So I had a knock for that. So I was off work for six months. And uh, I just decided I didn't want to go back. Locked down at it, um, built my gym and everything. Had just my clients had gone up and everything. So thought might as well just commit to it for a, give it a couple of years. And to be honest, mate, I'm I, I can't see myself ever working for anyone again. Like, I, love, I love it too much. It's just worked me on hours. You're with new people all day. You're helping people, and it's it doesn't feel like work. Like, yeah. Not one bit. And just That's going where I was so miserable and like. I'd hate. I'd get up at six in the morning, which ain't even that early, and I dread it. Like I just, I dread every minute of it, and it was starting to affect my home life. So, so something had to change, and it's uh, it's been the best thing I've ever done. To be honest with you, mate. That's so important to, and like you just said there, chasing something that you know you you're gonna love it in the, in the in the end. Do you know like it's clear from that what you've just said that you're not afraid to to chase something that you know you're gonna love in the end. Like you say. Mate, I had no idea you worked for the MBDA. I actually, when I was uh, at college, after I left college, I tried to get on at MBDA, but failed yeah. miserably. <laughs> there was, uh, so I went to college, they sent me to college, so I've got my ONC, HNC, MVQ, two and three and that. But yeah. was, I was that miserable at MBDA at one point. I actually got a job in the Navy as a advanced aircraft engineer. Um, got the job, everything like that, and then uh, failed my medical because of my arthritis, so they kicked me out. Last minute. I, think, yeah. I think for you there, it's like it's it's like that's that's been like the perfect storm that's come together for you to sort of take that leap of faith. Like you've got the fact that you wanted to start putting your well-being first, you wanted to make yeah. you start have your own business, and then you just sort of took the leap for both of them, like to, yeah. to decide to put yourself first and to 
you know, to, to give your business a chance. So is that your own gym, is it? Like in the, or you're in, well, in your... pretty much me, my family went on holiday. Um, <laughs> we have, we've got a double garage at home and I just started shifting stuff out of there and just building <laughs> bit by bit. And again, it started off with a punch bag because I heard about the first lockdown. I was like, right, I'll just get a bag just for, to keep myself ticking over. Um, so I did that while Lib was away. And then like, I kept seeing little bits come up for sale. I was like, right, I'll just have that, I'll have that. And then next minute, I've just converted the entire place. It's uh, <laughs> spat, I've got a little bit of a addictive personality with that. I'm uh, a bit impulsive. So it's, uh, to prefer, I've never looked back. It's been the best thing I've ever done, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, don't regret it one bit. But at the same time, it, I know it was a risk sort of quitting my other jobs and everything, but it, it didn't sort of feel like one. Um, yeah. In the position I was in, I, I was doing it on the side, and then it got to the point where it's it's taken over my main life, and I just couldn't see myself going back. Because in January, this January, I was acting meant to start another job as a site manager for a construction firm, and uh, that that was decent, that was decent pay, and well, pretty good pay. And I was like, yeah, don't get me wrong, I go through that path, come out on a guaranteed wage, but I can just do something I love like from home essentially and there is potential to earn the same amounts and live a 10 times better lifestyle yeah so I thought I've already got the background qualifications if I ever need fall back on anything but I, I can't see myself ever doing it mate it's it's too it's too addictive this stuff <laughs> <laughs> it's that risk and reward isn't it mate like you've got to weigh up weigh up your options and and in, in the end like like I've said earlier and like you said mate if happiness prevails then that's what you're going to go for yeah in my opinion anyway it's got to be the driving factor on it like when I was a younger all I could think about was money and don't get me wrong like it's still a massive thing now but like at the time when I was at that MBDA I didn't realise how miserable I was till I left like I just feel like a completely different person now that I'm doing something I love and literally never work a day it's just never work yeah I think far too often people do get stuck in that in that rut and um can't see can't see a way out you know Whereas obviously you you sort of got out there at the right time it seems, yeah. um, so one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on key, as a consumer in Aaron and I of you know like fitness the fitness industry and sports and everything on Instagram or on social media you see a lot of as James James Smith calls it industry charlatans yeah. people that think they know what they're talking about and come up with different <laughs> regimes and talk a lot of rubbish about a lot a lot of nothing basically and yeah. to see someone from from where i'm from where we're from um talking a lot of sense and putting out some good information for for consumers you know it's 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 good to see and it's it's something that you don't see often so that's mm. probably one of the main reasons I wanted to get you on mate so what's your view on all of on all of that um i just <laughs> it's one of them and it? it's a bit <laughs> of it all like you've got all these juice plus people and I'd, I'd say like that's my main thing. Like, there's nothing I hate more in the world because they're clearly just exploiting people. And don't get me wrong, like you like say about the James Smith, it's dead easy just to follow what someone else is saying and yeah, yeah. back off them. But at the end of the day, if you look into it, it, it's just a pyramid scheme, isn't it? And all they're doing is just exploiting people who are fucking clueless about it because all through school, no one's educated on stuff like this. On, yeah. And I, I, I'm a massive believer that this should be taught in school, like the basic principles of how to live a healthy lifestyle like and people just aren't and it's not even the consumer's fault it's just people taking advantage and then like you there's i think the one what's her name is it courtney black like she does all hit workouts and stuff for women and don't get me wrong she's done well and she she will get results but 
So I've seen some of the movements she has women doing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just no need for all that jumping back, back flip into her front squat. Like. <laughs> yeah. Like, just no need for it. Like the way I sort of train, it's just keep, I just keep things simple. It's yeah. no point overcomplicating stuff because it just fries your mind, doesn't it? Like, yes. Just keep things simple and it's just easy to follow then. And you've got to make it enjoyable as well. It's, it's just I think everything's getting too complicated and yeah. people are just like I said people are just taking advantage and part of me thinks you can't blame them for seeing a gap in the market the opportunity to make money but at the same time making money in the way they're doing it's not right mm. it's difficult really isn't it because obviously the, the simple if you do the simple things often and then the yeah. difficult things or the sexy things that you see on Instagram yeah. what people throw about every now and then but yeah. keep keep the simple things as, as your main priority then you can't go wrong at People, people need to find that balance they're just it's difficult to do it while you're trying to promote yourself on instagram so you can understand from their perspective why it is they do it i, I do so i do like i say i do understand that but at the same time it's i know everyone's got all pts online coaches they've all got their own personal styles as well and yeah, that's yeah. Definitely, right? i'm just not not flashy just keep it simple burpees if, you, if you're doing a circuit just keep it simple body weight movements like that especially like that live hit i've done this morning yeah, uh, it's hard. Try I do try and make it a bit different and throw new little things and every now and again. But like, there's only so many like bodyweight exercises you can do in it. And a lot of clients now, for most PTs, I say a gen pop as well. So you've got to sort of take their ability and knowledge of training into that as well. So you can't yeah. doing all that shit. I got some good news for you, Kieran, and that is the Welsh curriculum now is currently changed. So I'm a full time teacher. Yeah. And it's currently changing um, at the moment. And my school's sort of like a pioneer school for the curriculum. Oh, and so my, my job role is actually teacher of health, nutrition, and exercise. Oh, so I'm within a faculty of health and wellbeing teachers who are all XP teachers, as it were, and they're now all health and wellbeing teachers. So I teach everything from um, sport and PE to nutrition, where we're actually cooking with the kids every week um, to mental health issues and things like that. So that sort of thing you are talking about is there because as me and Dan have spoken about on previous podcasts, like I've been a victim to that. I was well overweight as a child growing up and it wasn't until I started educating myself that I ended up losing like four or five stone, but I was victim to things like slim fast, the shakes and things like that. And, you know, it's just, just that that I saw was it would have been an easy fix because I never learned about it in school. But the fact that now is sort of like the perfect role for me to step in there and, you know, and, um, and be there to, to tell the kids that are growing up in school, you know, what the crack is really. Um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a good place to be. It's, it shouldn't, it shouldn't have taken, it's 2021 at the end of the day now, like obesity has never been a bigger issue and you're seeing it more and more in kids, especially with this lockdown. They're just sitting at home on the Xbox all day and, like, and part, part of me thinks parents are a little bit to blame. They should be pushing the kids out and taking that time away from them for the Xbox and making them go out and do something. But, at the same time, understand it's got to be hard for them, especially being all more time. But it's yeah. something needs to be about it, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, mate. And um, go, going back to your Instagram page, obviously, you you are trying to educate people on on different food types as well. So I've seen some of, some of the um, similarities that you've that you've put up there in terms of um, substitutes of foods that you can that you can sort of utilise, and you've, yeah. you've 
made hundreds of posts of that. I don't know if, I don't know if Aaron's seen them, but you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff like that is pertinent on Instagram and on social media for consumers to sort of take away. And then, you know, if they are um, a parent, for example, they can sort of give that to their children and, and allow them to just run with it. You know, instead of instead of uh, a kid just nipping to the shop after school and buying whatever they buy, like big pack of M and M's on the way home or whatever you know they can sort of buy a substitute of one of the descriptions that you post on your instagram instead like when i was a kid i used to do that like i was fussy for years that i just lived off cheese butties and waffles me growing up (laughs) (laughs) i only started eating properly when i started training and getting into it yeah like i said it's i don't think kids should ever be on like a strict diet it's more educating them on like when to have it, what to have, that sort of thing. But that, again, comes back to the parents being educated because you can't put it all on a little kid. So I, at the minute, so I work with two young lads and they're only 12 and 13. Um, and they're, they play rugby where I play oral. And they, they absolutely love it now. I see them a couple of times, well, three times a week I see them. And uh, they're just coming on step after step. And But before they come to me, they did this carried on playing rugby, but they didn't have a clue about anything. And now, like, they're coming... Uh, when I speak to the dads, they're saying that like, the kids are checking the food labels, they're asking the protein <laughs> shakes, and it's just thing like that in it. And it doesn't take much, but it's it should it should be done. Yeah. I yeah, think at the end of the day, it comes down to just it's just awareness, and I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. That's what I always try to instill is the fact that like you can eat whatever you want. Yeah. It's just being aware of what you're eating. Yeah, like, exactly. Like it's a Saturday night, I can I hedge my bets and say that I'm probably gonna have a Chinese tonight. But I know that I'm I'm on the bike tomorrow morning, and yeah. it's all about that balance, and it's all about ha- having that sort of awareness, like you say, and yeah, just just sticking on top of it. But it's yeah, like I said, it's it's no, it's just getting that base knowledge in it. So mm. like the kids I'm working with, like I'm not from, we're not from literally we're lifting tiny weights, and it's just it's more about focusing on the form and. Just give give them that baseline so that when they do turn sixteen, they're good, like they're gonna go to the gym themselves anyway. Mm. Like I remember being what 15, 16, going catch gym and all without lads straight after school, it blazes ties and that. And <laughs> I, I don't know how it break me out. Like just trying to chuck weight about and yeah, and it could have been could have could have properly hurt myself like, but it's <laughs> I, I always say me. No, there's no such thing as a bad food. Too only too much of any food can be bad for you. It's there's no such one bad food. Like mm. I know myself, I love a drink, me. So this weekend, like well, pretty much every weekend, mate, I'm always having a drink, and then I'm angry at me ass Sunday. So I'm like, <laughs> don't but I know it's coming, so I just look out for it in the week. Like it's yeah, it's that force, like, isn't it? Yeah, it's about balancing it, and it's knowing when to pull back and when to sort of lift your foot off the gas a little bit and. That's sort of one of the things I go through with my clients, and I think that's why I get such a good relationship with them. Is that I don't pretend to be perfect, and I don't preach to them that fucking don't drink this weekend, don't do this, don't do that. It's like I can't expect my clients to be doing something if I'm doing it myself. So it's sort of counterintuitive, really. I think for for the for the listener as well as I don't know Kieran very well, but I do know that we were meant to record this podcast last weekend, but he was he was too hung, he was too hungover to do it, so we recorded yeah. this weekend. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Last weekend, I must admit, it was uh, it was a bit more rough than that. Maybe the foot got a little bit out of hand. That one, I must admit. <laughs> one question that I wanted to ask you, um, when we were thinking about what we could um talk about, was, you know, I wasn't aware that you only became a PT full time during the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was, I wanted to know like what the difference was between. Um, you know, a day in the life of being a PT before the pandemic to being one now. But I guess 
the question more is, is how do you see your role changing now coming out of the pandemic? Um, that's, it's a bit of a tough one, really. I think now a lot of people's mentality has shifted. It's not just all about how they look. Um, well, I'm finding that anyway. I'm finding a lot more clients now, the more actually concerned about health, staying fit. and Because let's be honest, it is, has been everywhere and it's not going away. It's sounds soon as COVID and it does take people's lives, but it tends to be the people that have the underlying issues, you know, and it's mm. helping a bit. And I think that's a lot more prominent in people's minds. So coming out of the back of it, it's it's made me a lot more supportive of my clients. Like at one point, don't get me wrong, I was always sort of there for them, but now like, I'm checking in daily and just, it's tough mentally as well. So just knowing someone's got that little bit of support, it's, it is a big boost. And like got clients in those days where they don't do anything, then I'll text them and they're like, right, I'll just do it now. It's yeah. You've just got to be more supportive, and um, to be honest, that is going to carry on into well, when hopefully when it's all over, because I do feel like it's made me like more empathetic and actually better at what I do, really. Mm. Mate, that's that's an important thing that you've just noted there. The fact that people are now more interested in fitness levels rather than aesthetics and stuff. You know, that's a sort of diamond in the rough, isn't it? Coming out of all this uh, this pandemic anyway in the last year. So you might see you might see. Um, differences in, in people's goals when they come to you initially and maybe that'll change your sort of um training focus throughout throughout their training cycle as opposed to you know calories and what they what they're trying to uh, consume it might just change how they actually exercise instead yeah definitely that's what you know I, i've got some confidence that i know that i'm quite fit even though i'm the only one in the zoom call without a rig do you know what i mean like it's <laughs> <laughs> Right, I've got another question here for you, Key. I know that I know that you do you're doing what looks like on Instagram anyway, like uh, functional fitness and stuff. Yeah. But I've, have you ever considered CrossFit? I've got to get this question. Yeah, mate, I, I, I do, and I want to. <laughs> I want to try it. Um, I was actually, well, after lockdown too, tried to do it, but the no <laughs> gyms open. Well, they were open, but they weren't doing classes or anything. Yeah, uh, you know, because of the tiers. So as soon as it's all over, mate, I'm going to have to give it a go. Are you actually? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Nice, uh, so I've gone from, like I say, my training styles like my career. It's just been all over the place. Like, so my foot, I started training on my own at Cat's Gym, just doing whatever the, like, you've no clue, have you, at that age, you're just doing whatever people do. Yeah. And I went to rugby, so it was more like strength conditioning stuff. Left rugby, fell out of it big time. When I came back, it was more like bodybuilding style training. And then I've, I've just done it wrong. I do love bodybuilding style training and I still incorporate a lot of them moves into my programs with clients and myself, but a lot of it now is more functional. And to be honest, mate, it's been, it's been the best move I've made moving completely away from bodybuilding. Cause I remember at one point I went, I went heavy. It was like 17 stone. And uh, I got, I remember just walking upstairs. I can't even remember where I was. I think we've got a, like a lodge in Wales and I think we've been, I can't remember where it was. It and there was loads of steps, and I got to the top, and I was I'm fucked. I was like, <laughs> "This has got to have to change this." That's and, not good. And like we was playing like in games at rugby. Um, I was more fo- I was focusing on being just getting through it rather than playing and enjoying it. Yeah. So, well, I've not actually had a game yet since we've shifted everything like. But it's I'm I'm hoping I'll not be blown at my ass quite as much. You'll be on the wing now, mate. Okay, but I'm all- <laughs> <laughs> what was it? What was it like going from playing rugby full time, or, or not full time, but alongside your full time job, yeah. at, at that sort of sub elite level, to then not competing at all in rugby? Like, what was that? Like? Um, it was like 
I think me. So I always played football growing up. I can't remember where we were. It was in like year nine or something like that. Uh, our team, I played for Chevy and we got kicked out league for fighting. And so all the lads, they was like, oh, just come, come rugby, come try it. And I'd never played in my life. So I went down to Oral did a season and I got signed at Saints. Mm. So I was, I'd only played a year. So it was never like a little bit of a dream for me. I was never as big as, I was never asked about being there. It was, it was. Yeah, it, it sort of happened. Felt, yeah. felt like your feet as it were. Yeah, yeah. So like, there was lads there and it's been their childhood dream and the parents' childhood dream and stuff like that. But for me, it was never, I never had that interest and that drive that other lads had. So I just started, and because like it was pretty intense training, like your pre-seasons and stuff. And I just sort of, because that spark weren't there, I just fell out of love with it and it drove me away from the game. So even when I quit Saints, um, I, I quit Oil as well. So I didn't play at all for a good year and a half, two years. But then slowly over time, that passion just sort of came back to me and it's been the best move I've made. Like, it's more now, it's, don't get me wrong, it's good playing playing rugby, but it's more the social side, being around the lads all the time. And just it's that little outlet and knowing on a Saturday you're just going to go get knocked around for 80 minutes. Yeah, yeah, it's, I definitely miss that about rugby as well. I, obviously, I played Union and, and League as well. Played for Jude's when I was when I was a kid. Back when uh, me and you were arch nemesis, mate, on the rugby pitch. <laughs> <laughs> Did we manage to catch rugby last week or were we were busy last week? I mean, it, Wales, England, did anyone see it? Oh, it's Union, Union that, mate. I'm not into it, mate, mate. It's uh, <laughs> that kicking clap's not quite for me, that. <laughs> <laughs> kicking clap. It's not so bad playing it, but I just can't. I can't watch it. <laughs> At one point, Wigan Rugby Union has pretty much all the St. Jude's lads on. It was yeah, pretty much just a rugby well, league team. Oh, we've got a, we're dual registered. We've got a union team now. So there's Oral Union and we've got Oral St. James's Union. So we're all we're dual registered, so we can just play play either. But I played a couple of games of Union and the league I really in ain't great. And it, it was just chaos. So I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I think my first game dislocated my finger and I weren't even on ball or in a tackle. Just some some fuckers just ran into me and balled the side at pitch. I was like, no, nah, it's not quite for me, this. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on? Yeah, plus it's like October, November time and you can't be dealing with that. Like We've moved to summer rugby now and even that's bad enough. It's not summer, is it? <laughs> Mate, I, lo- I love how everything you don't know, you just drop it straight away. It's class. <laughs> yeah, that's where you've got to be, isn't it? Like, don't like it, don't do it. <laughs> are, are there any like are there any like other um, fitness or sport goals, anything else you want to try or anything you... Uh, yeah, so I've got a coach now for the ski urge. So, I, I well, I've, I've hurt my rotator cuff, so I've not done it for two weeks now. But um, so I, he do, he programs me three big sessions a week. Um, so I want to get a couple of world rankings on there. So I think on the 5,000 metre ski, I'm eighth ranked in the world now. Wow. For my age. Um, and then I, I should be sixth in the world for the furthest distance in the... Uh, half an hour but I, I, I forgot to program the actual skiers properly so it won't give me a verification code but the distance I got put me at sixth uh, oh. I've been doing that now I only started three months ago doing that um, so I'm hoping really to sort of push that and try and go for a few more records with that like I'd probably give that a go mate if I was a, the the height of a normal human being I've done that growth in year 10 <laughs> Mate, so true. Hey, you'd probably be a cracking swimmer with that uh with that skier time flipping egg. It's uh 
it's it is tough that ski is. But that that one where the, I'm actually in the rankings, the five thousand meter ski one, I didn't even mean it. So I'd never <laughs> oh, I'd never done more than the seven hundred meter fifty uh, seven hundred fifty meter interval on it. And uh, so I've got this coach, and he's like, right, I need you to do a five thousand meter baseline. Get your heart rate monitor, put it on. He's, as I said, like you're taking a piss. I've never done fuck it. I've never done anywhere near that. He's like, right, just get your heart rate to one sixty and keep it there all the way. So that's all I did. Just kept it at one sixty, and I sent it in. Uh, and he, he just put me back. He's like, are you sure that's your time? I was like, yeah, why? So I checked, and at the time, it put me at sixth in the world uh, for my for I think it's nineteen to twenty nine year olds. Um, but I've been not going to eighth now. But I'm going for it, and I was meant to go for it last week again. But my shoulder's gone, so I'm going to give it another two weeks, and I'll take that back. That's a big, that's a big age group, isn't it? Nineteen to twenty-nine. Yeah, like that is competitive. Like I'm, I'm, I'm like the youngest in it as well. Um, every, I think the closest age to me is twenty-six, and I'm twenty-three. Like, wow. I think first and second's twenty-nine, so they've got quite a good few years practice. Like, and so considering that was my first ever distance ski, I'm, I was pretty satisfied with that line. <laughs> But I think, to be honest, mate, I think if, you, if you've got a decent level of fitness on the ski, most people could do it. It's just not many people are stupid enough to do a 5,000-meter ski. That's right. There's not, that's why there's not many rankings. <laughs> yeah, there's only four rankings. <laughs> what is it? Six out of six? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> mate, that's crazy. I, I never do more than 250 meters on that ski. Like My lats just blow up completely on that. The first two thousands, the worst, and then after that, like, that, that sort of pain, it just goes it's just putting up with it for that little bit and but to be fair your tolerance does get a lot bigger because I've like I say I've been doing at least three a week at easy five some like eight thousand meter skis in one go mm. but it does slow the build up I'm hoping to do in March the joining Jack Half marathon thing mm-hmm. but I've never run more than eight mile in my life um but in what is it June is it June or July I've got a Spartan race which like sort of like tough mother but it's in the mountains in Wales, um, 13 mile, that is, like 30 so I'm on that. But I, next year, possibly this year, they do a ultra, so it's the same thing, but it's 30 miles and yeah. 60 obstacles, but it's ta- your time, you've got time constraint. So I do want to do that, but that's in September, so I'm going to see how the half marathon one goes in July and then possibly go for it. But if not, I do want to do that next year and just sort of, just see where I can sort of push myself. And I feel like I've not had, like after St. Helens, I've not had a good challenge for a good few years, as daft as that seems like. Mm. It's just something where you can like really push yourself. So Yeah, absolutely. Up. Might jump in that with you, mate. It's uh, <laughs> really like that one. Like you're, you, I think, I'm sure you're time capped at like five hours. Yeah. Well, if mate, if you're talking about mental fortitude there and events in which require you to go, get to that point and get to that you use that sort of gray matter and go past what normal people do in, in certain exercises you know that 30 miles is a royal marine commando um, test you know like they do a 30 mile test where they have to complete it within a certain time constraint as well so that level that you're trying to compete within you know is, is a test that the royal marine commandos do it's more i think about proving to myself as well than yeah uh, don't get me wrong, people always care what others think, but I'm not overly asked what people think of me. Um, mm-hmm. But don't get me wrong, it's always good for people to sort of look up to you and doing that sort of event, I know it will positively impact my PT as well because <clears throat> at the end of the day, if people see what I can do myself, then it's 
it's like another string to your bow in it. But yeah, it's more myself. I like just seeing how much I can push myself and what I can do, and plus be able to raise a little good bit of money for charity doing something like that. So it's always a yeah. positive side of it in there. Like it, mate. Um, if you could give your clients one piece of advice, what would it be? I'd probably say just turn up. No matter how you feel, no matter what it is, just do it. Just, just turn up. Even if you turn up and you do a half-hour effort, it's better than sitting at home and not doing anything. Um, like my my main rule, I say it to absolutely everyone, is never miss a Monday. Like it just sets you up for the week. Never miss a Monday. Like, even when I was, hang, I was hanging out my ass till Thursday was the first day of this week where I actually felt okay. Monday to Wednesday, I was ruffled out still, but Monday, turn up, get it done. Even if your head ain't in it, it's because it sets you up for the week. Um, yeah. Too many people fall victim of, oh, I can't be asked, I'll just, I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow never comes, does it? No. Especially like depending on what your goal is. Like for me at the minute, skipping a session probably won't be the end of the world, but I, I don't. It's, it's programmed for me. I'm going to do it. Just do it. It's, that's probably mm. the biggest thing, really. It's people sit and they ponder too much and they overthink things. And the moment you start overthinking, you're never going to do it. It's that's the nail in the coffin. Yeah, one of, on one of our previous podcasts, um, Aaron and I were talking about people that, or, or when you first start the gym, people that first start the gym, even if you turn up for five minutes, and that first five minutes in the gym, if you leave after that first five minutes, you've turned up and you you become that person that goes to the gym regardless of whether it's for five minutes or for an hour or whether yep. your session is unbelievable or just, you know, five minutes on the treadmill. Yeah. Is, have you read Atomic Habits? Yeah, I've got it here. Yeah, that's, that's, he sort of touches briefly on that, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, a quote from Atomic Habits that James Clear says is, we are a product of what we repeatedly do, you yeah. know, so, you know, that, that's essentially what it, what he's, what he's stating there. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, if it doesn't matter your level of fitness or, how big you are, whatever it is. If you want to do something, you're going to have to turn up and do it. There's yeah. no one that, as a coach, I can program, I can give you the best program in the world, best diet, I can ring you every day, but only you can do it for yourself. There's there's only so much I can help you with. Um, and that sort of, that's been a little bit tough in, in this lockdown. And uh, from a results, like from a fat loss results point of view, it's, it's pretty tough getting it now because... Uh, a lot of people, they are demotivated and there's only so much you can do for folk. Um, mm. And at the end of the day, they have to cross that line themselves and do it, yeah. do the work. Yeah, I mean, motivation only lasts so long. It's the discipline yeah. that you've got to build you know, as a basis to, to be able to enable you to then build the motivation up day by day. You know? Yeah, and that, that takes time to do as well. You can't just build it up overnight. It's, it's if The way I see it is you've just got to think about where you want to be, right? Not what you want right now. In in six months to a year's time, where do you want to be? Mm. The only way they're getting those getting out and doing it. Yeah, I, I mean, I I've, especially we mentioned with fat loss during this time, I found that like for me, it's more of an attainable goal for me to just try and stay where I am at the moment yeah. because because of the activity levels are so low. You know, um, James Smith talks about it, didn't he? Like if you can go to the gym or you can train. The reality is you're probably only going to burn 10% of the calories that you're going to burn throughout the day anyway. But the fact that you're sitting around most of the day and you're not, I'm not in work uh, as much as I am. Because when I'm in work, I'm clocking up 15,000 steps a day, you know. But when I'm at home, I, I'd be lucky to hit 2,000, you know. You've got to be realistic during these times. It's a tough time and it's going to be slower, isn't it? So Yeah, it's that's one thing I work on a lot of my clients, especially now since lockdown's it and 
first lockdown, not so much. I was a bit naive to it all. Um, but now sort of adapted and just work on more lifestyle habits and just getting them out of the house. Like a lot and a lot of people, well, a couple of my clients now, they're on furlough um, and they've zero structure to the day. So I've got a client hub. Um, I basically pay a subscription for my clients and all in this subscription, get the member up, their own members access. And there's like videos of yoga, hip mobility, shoulder mobility, meditation, stuff like that. So I started actually structuring clients days and being like, right, wake up eight o'clock, do one of them every single day, get, get out, go for a walk, come back, make your breakfast, that sort of thing. And just working on the little things that you can do outside the gym have been massive this lockdown, especially mm. focusing on things like sleep and uh, recovery. Mm. Absolutely. PTs are now becoming more and more similar to what a life coach would be, you know, like, although you're not, you don't claim to be that you do have to, especially now within this pandemic, you've got to sort of structure people's days. Otherwise, without that structure, they're not going to complete the task that you want them to do, which is exercise, essentially, you know, so. Yeah, yeah definitely. And th- there's always going to have to be an aspect of being a life coach. And at the end of the day, mate, I'm a 50% counsellor half the time. <laughs> <laughs> Because you're you building up good relationships with people and they, they do genuinely trust you. So obviously you'd never break that trust and repeat what they said. But some of the stuff you hear, mate, it's it's insane. Like you'll only be with someone a couple of weeks and it's like they just they completely trust you. It's like you've been around forever with them. And yeah. it's not a good having that relationship with people as well and knowing that you are actually positively impacting them. Yeah, well, that's, a, that's a big responsibility, isn't it? Like to have on your on your shoulders, isn't it? To to be that person who they trust and to give yeah. advice. Like like if you're new to sport or training, your word is gospel to them, you know. And yeah, it's yeah. like, and you've got to be really careful what you say in that sense of new. And I never thought of it like that before. It's just, it's the same with anything, really. If you, if you start a new new hobby or sport, regardless of what it is, your instructor, whether it's a flight instructor or you know a nutritionist or or a PT, if they know more than you, you're going to have to listen to them. And so mm. you put your trust in them, you know. Yeah. And uh, a lot now I've been seeing it's it's hard at the minute. So you, what I tell one of the hard things about being a PT is like you'll get people in who have been training for years and you sort of having to undo stuff that they've learned in the past. And I must admit going, so I, I did online coach for first for a good while, but so I moved into P, one-to-one PT and that was probably the hardest thing for me, just like learn, un unlearning essentially their mm. own habits and trying to create new ones so yeah just being sensitive to people because they've they've been doing something for 10 years one way and you come along suddenly you're like nope you're wrong don't do it like this it's you have to be a bit sensitive to it because you can piss people off being like that yeah you win all guns blazing you have to slowly slowly build them up to it yeah, it's that empathy, isn't it? You've got to build that empathy with with different people, and obviously everybody's tried a different diet. Yeah. And so when somebody comes along and they've they've tried this diet, you that experiencing, you could have had three or four clients before them that they might might not know of that have tried that diet, and you've managed yeah. to sort of you know navigate them into a better route, so you can utilize mm-hmm. what you've what you've learned in the past and give it to them. Okay. There's well, just so many fad diets about now, though, isn't there? It's like. Even like my grandma, she does like, is it Weight Watchers, like with sins and stuff like that. And I just can't wrap my head around it. And like, I just physically can't understand how a food can be a sin. Food is food. Like only so much of one food is bad for you. Mm -hmm. And I think it just comes down to education, doesn't it really? There's 
that information, I mean, it is out there if you properly look for it, but there's so many like charlatans on Instagram and stuff and they're pushing all these and using edited pictures and it's it's just misleading everyone, isn't it? And you can't blame people for doing all these yo-yo diets. So then trying yeah. to get someone to commit to tracking their own calories properly and it's, it's hard, like, because it's a... They think, oh well, I lost so much doing this in two weeks. Like mm. tracking my cars, I've only lost two pounds in two weeks. It's like, yeah, but that's sustainable. That's going to stay off. You've come back to me because that weight's come back on. Yeah, there's such a negative stereotype around tracking calories. I find, yeah, like, because people will come to me in work because, like, even other teachers and things will come to the faculty and if they want help with something, they'd be like, oh, how did you lose weight? I was like, well, mostly through track my calories and exercising and, and making sure they, they they match up you know and they're like oh but it takes a long time doesn't it i'm like yeah well you know do you do you want to achieve your goal or do you not want to achieve your goal it's it's it comes down to you know a simple yes or no really there and even though it, it for me because i was a big lad it came off me relatively quickly because i probably did quite a harsh um calorie cut but i've sustained it you know i i'm not i'm not over 100k anymore so yeah. it, it's it's obviously paid off yeah it's like I always say, me like there's no such thing as a small win. Like, and all a lot of small wins make a big win at the end, and that's what sort of I was literally doing a post on ready for Instagram on this last night. Or <laughs> what was it? And like, there's just no such thing. Like, progress is still progress, and I think a lot of people they'll get caught up and they'll be like they'll weigh themselves six times a week, they'll take measurements, they'll but they'll not take pictures, and it's like it's just they get yeah. too obsessive with what the scale says and at the end of the day scales is just it just measures gravitational pull and how heavy you are at that given time it's and there's so many factors that come into it it doesn't measure fat loss and people get a bit too caught up in it and like literally the amount of clients i've had they've been like oh i've only lost one pound this week and they think it's a bad thing right but then if i said to them look in 12 weeks we're going to have your 12 pounds down at the end of it they wouldn't be unhappy with that they'd be buzzing like yeah, yeah. Saying a pound a week in their head when maybe the first month they've lost like two or three. It seems like a negative thing, but it's not. And yeah, people sort of need to understand that. And like like I touched on then, the bigger you are at first, the quicker it comes off. You're always gonna hit a bit of a wall. Yeah. Like, yeah, your scales your best, mate. As soon as you yeah. start off, it's like and you think you like I was I was losing like two or three Ks a week. Do you know what I mean? And that's yeah. like and it was just dropping off me, and then it really slows down and like I remember, I remember getting down to about 85k, and I was just like, I just, I just want to be in the 70s, you know. And I stayed at 85k for so long, even though I was just doing the same things. Uh, yeah, I've moved up you now from like when was it like midway through last year? I was like, right, look, I was a bit, I felt a bit too, not like from a fat point of view. I was like, I'm too heavy. Like I wanted to just come down so I go a bit more agile and functional. But now, so I'm running now about three and a half thousand cows. Monday to Saturday and then on a Sunday I'm having four and a half and I've actually lost two pound doing that and it's I've up my calories by like a thousand per day yeah and I'm, I'm I'm losing weight and it's madness so like this since I mentioned my shoulder I've not trained properly for two weeks well I've done legs twice a week and I've managed one 5k and I'm literally the lightest I've ever been I'm like two, 97 key now and that's the lightest I've ever been. In that's crazy. It's, it's mad. Like the the moment I stopped focusing on scale weight, I've actually got really what I wanted originally. Yeah, it's like what you were saying about people wanting their goals to be achieved immediately. If you yeah. were to put it on a graph of the y-axis as the goal and the and the x-axis as time, 
what they want is a steep incline straight away. Whereas all they need to do is just lay it out on its on its side a little bit more and then the goal yeah. will just be achieved much, much easier. A friend of Dan and mine said the other day that, oh, you know, I just really, I really want to lose, you know, 10K. I need to lose 10K. And I, I literally said to him, mate, you need to lose 1K and then yeah. focus on the next one. You just, if you can get that right and you lose 1K, that can be repeated. Yeah. You're not yeah. going to find the formula to lose 10K. No. It's just, it just doesn't happen. Well, I, when people say that, they say, right, I want to lose 10K. They might lose 8 or 9K in the, a lot of time they want to. But then they'll be pissed off at the fact that they've not lost that full ten there and they're only a kilo too short. And it's just it's just a simple mindset shift and mm-hmm. just making people understand that just take it slow and just if you do want long-term sustainable results, then you're just gonna to have to take time with it. There's no two ways about it. Like don't get me wrong, you can go in a big deficit and you can get good results pretty quick, really. But Long term, if you want something that's going to last, you can. <clears throat> Ideally, you want to be in the what between a pound and two pounds a week fat loss. That's I, I, ideal for sustainability. So mm. people mm. sort of understand that. Yeah, it, it all goes back to that that education, mate. Doesn't it? Essentially, yeah. what you want to be able to do is teach people how to become autonomous and do it themselves once once you leave them behind. You know. So yeah. So with what I do with my online clients, I tell them all. Um, so I do provide meal guides, um, three different meal guides, but I get them to track their own calories. So as part of the guides, I'll set the protein and the calorie target. The amount of fats and carbs that don't matter. Like at this level, it doesn't matter. As long as you hit the protein target and the calorie target. Yeah. And I make I make them understand that doing that initially, initially people come like, right, I want a diet plan to follow. And I'm like, no, do this. And then about three, four weeks in, they'll be buzzing with it. They'll be like, oh, I've had this. I've, had, I've just had two burgers for tea and I'm still putting 100 calories under. And it's like, <laughs> that's why we're not doing meal plans because doing it that way, it creates such a better long-term relationship with food. And you, you sort of understand that you can eat what you want. Like, mate, you said I could get eight flunks. <laughs> <laughs> mate, she went all bargains and found them back. Where's my like, buzzing? Them and I'm just like, <laughs> I love it, mate. Well, it's, as long as you know what you can have, you're a lot in the It's sound, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine you putting flumps into, into fucking my <laughs> fitness bar. Honestly, it's six to seven thousand a flump, mate. Flump times eight. Oh, I and I think with 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 that, it's, it's that discovery, isn't it? Like you say, for them, it's 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 them learning about that and the education of understanding food and and having that relationship with it rather than being like right i've got this plan I need to stick to it if i don't i'm not going to lose weight if i step off this plan it's it's game over sort of thing yeah like don't get me wrong there are some people who don't genuinely do need that their eating habits are that bad were maybe if they say the first month or two of the plan i'll be like right follow this on this day this on the next this on the third and i'll make them i'll make them do that for like two months but then once they've sort of built that relationship with it and they sort of understand what this, the right sort of thing they need to be doing, that's when I'll make them shift into tracking their own. Yeah. And like you said, like I said a bit ago, there's a lot of negative like thoughts around tracking food mm. and a lot of people think it's obsessive and over the top. But so originally people come in with that attitude, it's like, right, just follow this for a bit. Let's just see how we get on. And it's just getting them started with it and, I don't like people coming to me. Like from a training point of view, it's I can't really educate them too much on how to program stuff. It just can't. But nutrition wise, I like people being able to leave me and not necessarily need me. 
know, so that they can just carry on and the way to stay off and they know where to make the food choices, they know what protein they need and they just know sort of how to get by with it. Mm. I've seen some horrible meal plans, by the way, from PTs that that we know. Like, honestly, fish and a rice cake. Well, <laughs> worse, worse than fish and a rice cake. Like, awful. No milk. Like, you know, stuff like that, basically. And it's just... Mate, my, my horrendous. I literally just eat whatever I want as long as I'm in my car. So, like, so like a typical day for me for breakfast, I'll have like say four bacon, bagel, four eggs, loads of cheese. Then I'll have like so like six chicken sausages on a wrap with, with I don't know, a bit of veg or something if I didn't fancy it. Then for tea, I t- like last night I had like two chicken breasts on two burgers, loads of cheese and load load of chips, and like uh, it just doesn't. Like it doesn't matter, and and I'm well within, well within my cows there, and mm. but the people just think like, oh, white potato, it's bad for you. Mm. <laughs> Did you see that tweet the other day? It's like carbs cause obesity. Yeah, I saw that. Like, yeah, yeah. What is that about, man? It's like the thing. The problem with that, um, mostly, is the fact that that guy's got hundreds of thousands of followers, and yeah. it's such a such an influence on all of his followers that. They read that one sentence and some of them will just believe it, yeah. Yeah, done. Yeah, it's uh, it's quite frustrating, isn't it? Because all it, I, I can do all this work in the world, put as much information out as I want on my Instagram and stuff like that and help people. But all it takes is someone with a shitload of followers, one sentence, and he's undone everything I've been working with for people for like a year or two on, on my socials. Yeah. And it, it's frustrating, to be honest with you, mate. It's, um, it's quite, quite annoying, but end of the day there's I think there's always going to be people like that you're never going to get people who genuinely care about everyone and want mm. other people to do well they're always going to sort of be looking after their own uh, agenda yeah yeah mm. work. But yeah. It, mate. I suppose um one thing I was interested just to finish off with uh, the questions is what would you say then seeing as you've only been a personal trainer in the last year so firstly what would you say has been the most difficult or maybe even like lowest moment for you mm-hmm. in your sort of career as a personal trainer so far. I and mean, then what would you say is the is the is the best moment that you've had um so far? Oh, to be honest, it's it's quite a tough one. Really, that it's I'd say toughest is because I started as online um sort of right into PTs. I know I shouldn't have been doing it really, but it is what it is. So <laughs> when I did that, it's my online suffered and I knew it'd suffer, but there was a point and I literally had one client and you're thinking, even though you know it's not necessarily your fault, you're thinking, right, what am I doing here? What am I doing wrong? Like, you just sort of overthink things and you stress and especially going from a secure job where you was having a set income um, to now just being fully self-employed. I rely on clients and other people and it's... I'd say that's the worst thing and the most stressful thing. Like when I lost all them online clients, like it was like, right, shit, what what do I do here? Mm. And it's that sort of panic. But like I've noticed a massive increase this week and I don't know what it is. Uh, like I've had in seven days, I had two, uh, no, in, I said that, in two days, I had seven new online signups this week. And like, I, but I went two months without one. It's, and mm. I think since they've, done this announcement it's people thinking right let's fucking let's get back into it <laughs> yeah. so yeah. i'm expecting a bit of a spike but i am gonna i do to prefer i cap cl- online clients at 20 because i don't like having too many because i want to give people enough attention that they deserve and that they're paying for really mm-hmm. uh, but i said the best it's oh, 
Like I've had quite a few people say it's little comments that end up being the best thing. Like I've had a few people saying that they couldn't have got through this without me. And mm. it's little things like that that you do like at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of negative thoughts around being a PT. They think like, oh, they just stand there and count reps. But at the end of the day, it's much more. It's there's a lot of support that needs going in place and being told how much you're actually helping someone, especially out of the blue when they've not been asked, just get a little message saying, thank you for this. I couldn't have got through this lockdown vote. Yeah. It's, it's little things like that that sort of make, make it worthwhile really. What's really interesting in what you said there, firstly about the, the hardest part is that you've followed your, the own advice that you would give your clients and the fact that you trusted the process of what you were doing. So you knew that your coaching services as a product was sound and would get results for people and you weren't you know also you, you're going to naturally be concerned when you've got the one client on your books you're thinking where's the income going to come from but you trust that process you know that if you could do it right give me client number two number three yeah. that, that's it and a big thing it's word of mouth and if you look at the way i always see it like your best client is your current client i think people get caught especially on my coach they get caught up in chasing new client after new client after new client and if you look after the ones you've got the new clients are going to come if you do mm-hmm. everything about them, the new ones are going to come. And mm-hmm. constantly trying to provide more value for people. Um, so literally last week, so I did deliver all my programming on, you know, like spreadsheets, Google Sheets and stuff. But now I've set up a coaching software app, so everything's done on people's phones. And it's little things like that that make it so much more usable and accessible for people. Because they can just literally go on an app on the phone and the trainings, the the trackings, the, the diets there. It's just, it, you've... Just got to make things easy and just give people more, really. That's sort of what I've learned from this lockdown is that you've got to always be adapting and improving and providing more value. Mm. Well, mate, just come on in again. Once we get out of this lockdown, we'll have to, we'll have to train together, mate. Yeah. Gonna have to. Yeah, I'm, you're going to have to show me all these Olymp- Olympic lifts and stuff, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Black Bambi on ice. You'll be all right, mate. I'm sure you will. Right. So for the listeners, mate, where can people find you and your business? So, mate, um, I'm I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram. Uh, Mainly I run everything from Instagram. So my Instagram is KO underscore conditioning. um, And that's pretty much everything's run through there, really. Cool, mate. Well, uh, we'll put that in the show notes below. Once again, mate, cheers for coming on. And uh, catch you later. Nice and enjoy that. Cheers, Rob. Cheers, Keith. See you, mate.